Mark Cuban. How you do anything is how you do everything. If you're not, if you don't pay attention to detail on the little things, you're not going to be in the habit of paying attention to detail for the big things. Ken Griffey Jr. Hey, he wears his hat backwards. Well, I wear my hat backwards because my dad had a fro and I wanted to wear his hat. And if I put his hat on at age six and, you know, he's got a eight and a half and I got like a little five, it's not going to really stay on my head. Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. It's good to see everybody. John Smoltz. If you don't have the imagination and the willingness to fail or not being afraid to fail, I don't think you can be truly great. Candace Parker. I have had so much hope for this generation coming up that have grown up with women in sports, in leadership roles, on television, speaking about sports, speaking knowledgeably about sports. Pau Gasol. To me, all the work that I've done, all the humanitarian work that I've done has always given me great perspective, has allowed me to keep my feet on the ground and uh, has really put and reminded me what's truly important. Damian Lillard. That was for Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) Just to name a few. Welcome to Sports Business Radio. Now, here's Brian Berger. Well, thanks for joining us on this edition of Sports Business Radio, presented by Molka Sports. Find them online at molkasports.com. That's M-A-L-K-A sports.com. Great guest this week, John Aurin, sports media reporter for the Sports Business Journal. No fans for the Tokyo Olympics. What does that mean for NBC? We'll talk about NBA rights and NFL rights deals. Uh, Lots of good sports media chatter. What's going to happen with Maria Taylor and Rachel Nichols at ESPN? That's coming up with John Aurin from the Sports Business Journal. I'm joined by executive producer Brian Griggs. Griggs, how are you? Doing good. And I just always love having John on because he's got so many good, interesting tidbits and stats and numbers and just a a plethora of information. So lots of good info from John today, as always. Yeah, no, it's really good to have him on. And there's so much going on in the sports media. I mean, it's just interesting. The media used to cover things. Now they've become covered, right? Like every time someone says something sensational, it's on Twitter or Instagram or TikTok five seconds later. And people are talking about it. So people are covering the sports media as much as the media is covering the stories that they're covering. So uh, it's really, really interesting. Let's look at some headlines. As I just mentioned, no fans at the Tokyo Olympics. The announcement followed the declaration of a new state of emergency, which is in effect in Tokyo through August 22nd. The games begin July 23rd and they end on August 8th. Originally, 10,000 local fans were going to be admitted to the Olympic events. Foreign fans were banned in March, and organizers repeatedly delayed a decision on whether to allow Japanese fans. The announcement is a huge blow to Tokyo organizers, and it's going to cost the games and the Japanese people a lot of money. Griggs, people are saying the Tokyo Olympics, the total cost could now reach $25 billion. For comparison, it would be the second most expensive Olympic Games ever. The most expensive? Sochi, Russia. Those Olympics cost $55 billion and basically bankrupted that region. So I don't think it's going to bankrupt Tokyo. But when you're spending $25 billion for a showcase that you've worked years for, and now you can't even have fans, it's got a ripple effect on the fans on the hotels, uh, and then obviously the sponsors who have paid lots of money to have their brand showcased in front of eyeballs. Well, now the only eyeballs are on TV. 
it's tough too because with the Olympics, you got your two weeks or whatever it is where it's such a short amount of time to expose these athletes and you know advertisers, like you said, and everything else too. And now all of a sudden, that's gone from fans. So hopefully, the TV viewership is up. But man, it's it's kind of a step backwards. We're all used to seeing fans back and the energy it brings, and now all of a sudden, no fans. And the cool thing about the Olympic Games too is you have so much of the world fans and the flags everywhere and all that. So I'm gonna miss that for sure. All right, our next headline: The NBA Finals are underway. We're through three games. We have ratings for the first two games. ABC is averaging 8.97 million viewers. That's down 35% versus 2019 when fans were in attendance. It's all 51% from the first two games of 2018. Ratings are up 41% from last year, though. Remember, that was the Lakers and the Heat, and it was held in the bubble. A seven-game series, which it looks like this is going to go six or seven games, would definitely help ABC with rebounding on these ratings. So Griggs ratings up last year from in the bubble, but down pretty sharply from the last time fans were in attendance at games. I think the series has been a good one so far. The games have been competitive for the most part. There's some stars that are emerging like Giannis and CP three and Devin Booker. Uh, But you know, those are not great numbers for the NBA finals. Well, like we talked about before, not having the big name, you know, the LeBron or the Lakers or the big team, the big market as much. You see why ratings might be dropping a little bit. I agree with you. It's been competitive. It's fun. The two teams are very active, very fast teams and lots of uh, action. So I'm enjoying it, but uh, we'll have to see if, it, if we get to game six or seven, if those ratings pop up. All right. Our next headline, Tampa Bay Lightning. They are the Stanley Cup champions again, second consecutive year. Tampa Bay, city of champions. You've got the Bucks and the Lightning now who are the champs in Tampa Bay. Uh, The Rays were in the World Series last year against the Dodgers and lost. So Tampa's become a hotbed for champions and sports grigs. Man, it's a good city to be in if you are a sports fan because uh, the Lightning dominated Montreal. I mean, that wasn't even close. They should have swept them. I mean, it just was not a series, which is kind of rare. Stanley Cup usually goes six or seven games. This one just did not have it. Tampa Bay is just dominating. All right, our last headline Major League Baseball has its all-star week in Denver. Remember, it was supposed to be in Atlanta, and for political reasons, it was moved to Denver. Pete Alonzo of the New York Mets won the home run derby, but the real talk of the town this week is the star power of Shohei Otani. He's on full display this week. He participated in the home run derby. He's going to compete in the all-star game as the AL starting pitcher and leadoff hitter. He's the first player out of almost 20,000 career Major League Baseball players to do that. So, you know, we weren't alive for Babe Ruth, Griggs, but we're watching a modern day Babe Ruth. And he may be even better because you can argue the competition today is better than when Babe Ruth was playing. And it really is amazing to watch someone who isn't just doing both things, but is at the, the peak of doing both things. I mean, he's got Nolan Ryan's fastball. And he's got Ken Griffey Jr. swing and power. I mean, it's it's really nothing like we've seen before. Yeah, watching the Derby last night, I was like, you, you watch his swing and how his stance and he looks. So you're like, there's no way that guy's a pitcher. And then you watch him pitch. And he's like Nolan Ryan, Ryan speed. It's incredible. He's fun to watch. I, I agree. It's something that we probably won't see for another 100 years. And I thought there was a great crowd for that home run derby, too, which was fun. Yeah. All right, coming up next, John Aaron, sports media reporter for the Sports Business Journal. We're going to dig into some sports media topics specifically. How is no fans in Tokyo going to impact NBC and the coverage of the upcoming Olympics? You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Brian Berger here. 
We've collaborated with our friends at Parish Project to create high-quality sports business radio clothing, including hoodies, long-sleeve t-shirts, and short-sleeve t-shirts. Each item comes in five different colors and a variety of sizes. These items are super comfortable, and you can wear them on Zoom calls, while working out, or when you're lounging around the house. Sports Business Radio has loyal listeners around the world. We'd love for you to post a picture rocking your Sports Business Radio gear. Tag us on Instagram or Twitter if you post. Get your official Sports Business Radio gear by going online to parishproject.com. That's parishproject.com. P-A-R-I-S-H project.com. My guest is John Orand. He is the sports media reporter for Sports Business Journal, does a terrific job. You can follow him on Twitter at O-U-R-A-N-D underscore S-B-J. John, how are you? I'm doing great, Brian. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's been a while, so lots of topics to catch up on. Thanks for joining me. Let's start with the Tokyo Olympics. Word came down recently that there's going to be no spectators in Tokyo for the Olympics it's made for TV now, and there's a lot of ripple effect here. But as far as NBC's concerned, they just wanted to make sure the Olympics took place, right? Yeah, they, they you know, they, they have their advertising sold. Uh, their advertising is doing very well. Um, most of it, most of it, ended up coming back from 2020, uh, and uh, and uh, actually, I think they are at the le- levels of, uh, beyond where they were in 2020 when when everything got canceled. And it, it, the Olympics, especially the primetime Olympics, were really a made-for-TV event anyway. Uh, but it is going to be very strange for American audiences that, that are now having fans come back to baseball games. And you're watching the NBA Finals now, and they're, they're, they're fans of the NBA Finals. And a, a made-for-TV event needs to have in, in, in order to be a really good made-for-TV event, it needs to have fans and cheering and, and noise and, you know, the cutaway shots. And when you go to the Olympics, you're going to have none of that. It's it's just going to be it's, – it's, it's almost going to be like last summer, the summer of 2020, when American sports were played in front of, you know, empty arenas and empty stadiums. And I, I think that's going to be – you know, somewhat jarring to see come back and come back again, given what's going on in Tokyo. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the world is moving on and we're seeing big crowds at the NBA finals and the Stanley cup and to watch something with no spectators, I think it is going to be jarring. That's a good word for it. Yeah. And, and, and it's also happening. I, I almost corrected you and say, no, the world's moving on in, in the United States. But you know the European Championships, they're they're full stadiums there that 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 are cheering, and it's part of the uh, it, it's part of the viewing experience, and so it, it's very easy to say, oh well, it's just a made for TV event anyway. But you know, I think one of the reasons that that you know TV ratings suffered in in 2020 uh, generally is is because it, it wasn't a, it was uh, so much less of a made for TV event and. Because in order to be a made-for-TV event, it has to be an event, and it has, it has to be like a full crowd and a lot of noise and a lot of colors. And, and uh, you know, in the case of the European Championships, the uh, singing and the songs and the swing. And it's, uh, it, it, if you have none of that, it's uh, it, it just becomes a, a you know a competition almost. I don't have these figures in front of me. Maybe you know them off the top of your hat, head. How much is NBC paying for the Olympics again? Remind our listeners. 
Oh, I, I forget. Uh, I, I wish I wish I had lo- looked that up before this. But at NBC, uh, they're they're paying a lot, and they have it going into 2032. And from M- NBC's viewpoint, I think that you can expect uh, rate, uh, t- television ratings to be down from five years ago, uh, the last the last Summer Olympics. But uh, and this is a very big but. They're going to win the, the night in prime time for you know two straight weeks plus uh thanks thanks to the olympics uh their advertising is going to be very very healthy and so you know sometimes i i personally get caught up in the minutiae of tv ratings and whether or not uh you know ratings go up or whether or not ratings go down uh uh if the ratings go down there's still so many other aspects to make that make the olympics valuable for for nbc and just the fact that they're going to be the number one broadcast network for uh, for two straight weeks, and everybody knows it. The other networks know it. The advertisers know it. NBC knows it. I, that that is very very powerful. John, this is more of a sports business question and less of a sports media question. But you know, I'm reading that total cost of the Tokyo Olympics could reach 25 billion dollars. The most expensive Olympics ever produced were the Sochi. Russia Olympics, $55 billion. Is it worth hosting the Olympics anymore? Because you look at how much it costs and you look at this case specifically where, sure, you didn't know a pandemic was coming, but all of the billions of dollars that need to be uh, come up with here to put these games on because of the pandemic and the protocols. And I just wonder, like, does it pencil out anymore for a city to host the Olympics? And and that's that's a question that all cities that bid on future Olympics uh, are, are asking themselves because the cost is, is the costs are getting very high. I mean, the cities always wanted the Olympics because it helps for tourism. You know, it, it, it helps because all of a sudden uh, they they are able to come in and make improvements to uh, public transportation systems or roads or you know in, in the case of London they ended up building an an, an entirely new you know uh, the Olympic Village in an area of London that you know what had never really been populated before uh, and and so there are there are a lot of benefits there but the cost has gotten so high if you look there are fewer uh, there are fewer people there are fewer uh, cities that are out there um, you know bidding on the uh, on the Olympics and that's because it's you know that is solely because the costs are so high and some of the smaller and medium-sized markets are have really decided that, you know, they can't afford it. All right. Speaking of tourism, I felt like earlier this week, I watched a five-hour commercial for the state of Montana when I watched the match. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I wanted to get on a plane right away and go play golf there. And uh, if I could afford to buy a house there, I probably would too. But what were your thoughts on the coverage of the match on TNT? I, why doesn't the PGA Tour go there? Oh my! No gosh. kidding. Uh, and with the beauty of having you know just the one foursome that you're following uh, for, for TNT is that you could put your cameras in, in, in positions to where, like you you could just see such such beauty uh, as you could in Southern Montana. The, uh, I think it's just outside of Yellowstone, right? Right. Um, uh, the, the the match the match was uh, it was in a tough time slot you know it, it was competing for viewers with uh, the the NBA finals and uh, and it, it, that that certainly hurt the number of people uh, that watched the match 
but um uh and and you know they they had Bryson DeChambeau on there who's a notoriously slow golfer and so the the pace of play uh, really wasn't uh, it, it it didn't make for great television I, I think I think that that, that, that was a, a little bit of a downside it, it just it was taking too long but uh for for me just watching like Phil Mickelson and Tom uh, talk to Tom Brady about like how a putt breaks or how he reads a green or like a strategy about using an iron off a tee, you know, I, I just, I just found that to be really fascinating. I thought the pictures were, were beautiful. Having everybody mic'd up and the access everybody had was, uh, was, was just fantastic. Uh, I'm a big NBA fan and I, I was uh, sitting down to watch game one and I surprised myself because uh, at the commercial, I would turn to, uh, to the match and I ended up watching more than that because it just kind of drew me in uh, to, to, to watch it. I, I just thought that, uh, that uh, Turner TNT did a really credible job. And it suggests to me that they're, they're going to be doing this a, a lot more frequently. I got to tell you, John, I like watching this format. And like you said, following the same foursome and the players are mic'd up. I like it a lot more than watching a typical PGA Tour event. Now, the you know, the majors are different, right? There's a lot at stake. And, you know, I think the the coverage for the majors is really good, but I really like the format of the match and I'm intrigued by potential matchups in the future. I thought Aaron Rodgers played really well and did a good job. And frankly, I probably learned more about Aaron Rodgers in, in four or five hours than I think I've heard him speak his entire career. <laughs> so I was let like, ask, let me ask you though, Brian, the, the match was on, I think it was on, that foursome took about five hours to, to, to play their round. Yeah. How much of that did you watch? I'd say three and a half of the hours. Cause I like you switched over to watch NBA finals and then yeah, during commercials I'd go back and, and you know, I think the back nine, uh, DeChambeau and Rogers took control of the match. If it had come down to the last hole, then maybe things are different, but um, I was just intrigued by so many things. A, I think, People, whether it was Tom Brady or uh, Brian Anderson, the announcer, were trying to get some nuggets of information out of Rogers, and he just wouldn't budge on any of them. But <laughs> I love how they drive around in their carts. They all have their own carts that are, you know, uh, they have their branding on them, and you know, they have uh, microphones and they have cameras. And I just think that's an interesting way to be interviewed. You can kind of check in at any time with any of the players, whether they're actually on the course or they're driving their cart. And I like the format of how TNT does it. So it really works for me. It's funny that you mentioned, you know, that, that you stopped watching or, or, or watched less when, uh, DeChambeau and, and Rogers uh, took a lead because to me, it certainly was a competition, but, but who, who won it? mattered so much less to me just uh, the, right. than sort of like the access or like I said, I just found, I, I find Phil Mickelson in that format to be a total star and yeah. like just hearing how he, how he approaches the game, you know, or approaches the match, that, 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 that match uh, as somebody that is a total hacker <laughs> out on the course. I just, I was really intrigued by that. I, I really enjoyed that. Well, it got me thinking, either two things need to happen. One, you know, Mickelson needs to play in every single one of these because he really is the engine that makes this go. I agree with you. He's kind of the life of the party. Or two, I was thinking to myself uh, as I was watching this, if Tony Romo gets X for calling football games, what would Phil Mickelson get 
for calling golf. And I know <laughs> golf doesn't have the same budget that the NFL does, but he provides such insight. And, and I think he could be every bit as good as Tony Romo on TV calling golf. Don't you think? Uh, yeah, the, the, nobody uh, uh, anytime soon is going to be getting Tony Romo money uh, out there. To, uh, to, to, Tony Romo got his deal it, 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 through a totally unique set of circumstances where his contract was up, ESPN needed an analyst, the media rights were up for, for, for the NFL. You know, the, the, uh, everything everything was conspiring against the networks and for Tony Romo to have this bidding war game. Get, get him to to, to uh, where it is. I, I love the Tony Romo comparisons, and every single on-air person wants to get Tony Romo money, but that that money is not out there. That being said, uh, uh, once Phil Mickelson retires, he will be uh, he'll have uh, CBS, he'll have uh, NBC, um, ES, ESPN has some has some golf as well. Uh, Discovery has golf. He'll have a lot of networks bidding a lot of money in order to have him on air for certain. Yeah. So let's transition into NFL since we're talking about that. You know, NFL has the new uh, 11 year contract worth more than $100 billion that's going to come up here pretty soon. Um, NBC has added Drew Brees. Jim Nance stays at CBS. What are some of the other big moves that we should be paying attention to as the NFL season doesn't quickly approach, but it's going to be here before we know it. So this NFL season is still the old contract. So this NFL season is going to look and feel a lot like the old NFL season. Big change is that Thursday night football is going to be exclusive to Amazon. Uh, Fox ended up getting out of that uh, out of that deal early, uh, and Amazon is gonna is gonna end up uh, uh, getting that. So unless you're in the home markets of the teams playing, the only way you can see those uh, those, uh, those Thursday night games to, to stream Amazon uh, Prime hmm. um, uh, to to your TV, and that's that's a big thing. But once uh once the new deals kick in, uh, the biggest change uh, to to me there there are two changes. One is ABC. Uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna see ESPN uh, use ABC a lot more. Uh, they're gonna use them in the in the regular season. ABC is gonna become part of the Super Bowl rotation, uh, which means that they're they're gonna start to uh, carry Super Bowls again. I th- the last one they carried, I believe, was in 2006. If I I'm saying that off the top of my head, that might not be true, but uh, it's uh, it's gonna be, you know, pretty unique. That was 15 years ago. Uh, and the the uh, the other big change to me is there's still Fox still has the NFC uh, package and CBS still has the AFC package, but the way the NFL decides what's an NFC game and an AFC game has totally changed. So hmm. the, the the idea that CBS is going to get you know an a, an interleague game when uh, when it's uh, yeah I think it, like let's say Dallas is playing. At Cleveland, that typically would be a um, a, a CBS game, uh, and and now the, the, there's no rhyme or reason for that. Now, now Dallas is an NFC team, and CBS will be able to get an NFC team a certain number of times. So uh, Dallas home, Dallas versus Washington, that could be on CBS. Dallas versus uh, Cleveland at Cleveland or at Dallas, that could be on CBS too. There's there's no easy designation to decide where uh what what games are going to be, be on what what networks and for people 
that really care about this stuff like me, uh, you know, that's going to be a pretty big change. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, you're based in D.C. I'm reading reports that RG3, who used to be the quarterback of the Washington football team, had some pretty darn good tryouts for the TV networks. What are you hearing there? And could he be an emerging TV star? Uh, a TV star? I'm not sure. Uh, but but he certainly is going to be somebody who, who will be on television uh, in, in the broadcast booth. Uh, it's something that, that he wa- he's wanted to do for uh, for a long time. Uh, I think that he has a, a personality that, that – you can see even in interviews uh, shines through. I mean, he had a, a one season here in DC where he led this awful franchise to the playoffs uh, for goodness sakes and, and became the star and the toast of, uh, of the city almost. And, and he sort of bore that label pretty well. It, it fell away pretty quickly, you know, in, in uh, ensuing seasons. But while it was there, he, 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 uh, he, he did it, you know, he, he fit that uh, that suit pretty well. Uh, he has been having some tryouts with uh, some of the different networks, Fox and uh, ESPN. Uh, he's been doing a really good job by all accounts. And uh, he'll certainly he's not going to be like Tony Romo, where he's going to walk into the number one position uh, and, and be instantly the top analyst at a network. But he certainly will be, uh, you know, in in the rotation. He'll be, you know, an analyst at a network. Um, um, uh, doing, doing probably uh, calling games, uh, not as play by play, but as an analyst. Uh, uh, if he goes to ESPN, it might be more of a studio role. Uh, but uh, it, he he definitely has TV in his future. Interesting. Let's talk NBA Finals. Ratings are down pretty sharply. Uh, we don't have the ratings for Game Two, but Game One ratings were down pretty sharply compared to 2019, the last non-bubble year. Uh, you know, these are two new teams, no LeBron, no Steph, no Kobe Bryant in the finals for the first time in 15 years. I like the fact that there are new, fresh teams. I like that there's new markets. We saw how crazy the fans in Phoenix went. I'm actually from Phoenix, so I can appreciate how crazy the fans went there more than most. But, uh, you know, is this going to be one of those finals that we look back at and go, well, there just wasn't a huge superstar involved. Giannis is probably the biggest name and the ratings were pretty flat. Or are they, are they actually going to be creating new superstars? You mentioned Giannis, uh, Devin Booker is, is playing fantastically, uh, you know, of course. Uh, So there are young stars that a lot of people are, are starting to, to recognize and, and, and you know, that, that, that uh, they haven't seen before. But my my take on this is how how many times did we hear about uh, you know LeBron fatigue or Warriors fatigue? Right. Well, well, this is what happens when there's no LeBron and no Warriors. The the the, the, the ratings go down. There's no in terms of of television. There's no such thing as fatigue. You have to have known stars that that people have an opinion on in order to, to draw in uh, big audiences, especially casual fans. And I, I, we don't have that. Uh, Chris Paul is sort of the, the, the biggest star the, 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 of these uh, finals, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, he doesn't have a national following necessarily. He, he, he certainly doesn't have one that, you know, Kevin Durant or Steph Curry or LeBron James has. Uh, and so it's, um, I, I think that everybody going into these finals, I mean, if you talk to any ESPN ex- executive, 
they knew that the finals were ratings were not going to be great. Um, that doesn't that that doesn't suggest that the NBA is uh, not healthy. Uh, the NBA media rights are coming up in like tw- I think it's 2024, 2025. Uh, it, uh, yeah, they're yep. They run through the 2024, 25 season. So and they're 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 going to break the bank when those come up. Uh, there's going to be a lot of interest in, in, in those. And so you know the the ratings are going to be down. And I'm gonna I'm gonna you know, I think they they were down what more than 30 percent from 2019. Uh, uh, you know, ver- various reasons, but the, the, the numbers aren't good uh, for, for these NBA finals, but it does not at all speak to the health of uh, the NBA as a, as a, uh, I'm not going to say a TV sport, but as a media sport, like, you know, when, when those media rights come up they're they're the NBA is sitting very, very pretty. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. It's interesting. One of the bigger stories heading into the NBA finals wasn't about the NBA or the teams playing. It was about, ESPN ABC's coverage, specifically Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor. Uh, The New York Times had a big story about that. It's interesting to me, John, that, you know, this recording from Rachel Nichols happened in the bubble about a year ago, and ESPN has had that time to kind of squash this story, and they haven't, and it came to a head in the last week or so. What do you think happens from here? Because uh, Rachel Nichols was taken off of the sideline reporting for the NBA Finals. Maria Taylor's contract is up in a couple of weeks. What does the ESPN do here? Uh, we're going to find out in uh, in less than a week because uh, 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 Maria Taylor's contract is up on July 20th, mm. which is, if this uh, series goes six games, that's that, that, that the game six would end on uh, uh, would. Ha- happen on July 20th. Uh, so we will, we will learn, learn pretty soon uh, whether or not uh, Maria Taylor sta- stays at, at ESPN. And it might take a little bit longer uh, for Rachel Nichols. Um, uh, I, I know Rachel Nichols has a lot of support among the uh, ESPN executives uh, in, in Bristol. Um, she's made her name uh, in, in by just having deep relationships right. in the NBA circles. I mean, she's a, a former newspaper reporter, you know, and, and, and just has a lot of uh, deep relationships. Uh, I get the sense that ESPN is waiting to see whether or not, you know, her comments and the, the publicity surrounding them is going to hurt those relationships or, or cause people, you know, not to uh, come on her show hmm. or, or, you know, I, I, I the story is still to be told about about Rachel and and what happens with Rachel, um, and uh, I, I you know I, I can't even begin to predict what's going to happen with that. It's crazy about Maria. I didn't know that. So I mean, what do they do? Her contract runs out, and if the series goes six games, do they just have a replacement for her there if she doesn't have a new yeah. contract? I mean, that sounds so bizarre that they would be structured that way. I'm sure they didn't know the NBA schedule when they did her contract, but it's just kind of a a bizarre thing that you could turn on game six and seven and potentially not see her hosting the the studio coverage. Yeah. Well, I remember these, these finals are about a month after they, they uh, usually occur. Right. So the, t- typically it would have been like, okay, the finals are, are done for a month, but yeah, they'll, they'll, ju- they, they would just potentially bring in another. Host. I mean, the, the thing about the, uh, the uh, pregame show, you know, right before the NBA finals, 
you know, that the, the ratings for the pregame show, TV ratings were about, you know, 36 percent of the of the um, of the finals. It, it, it uh, last year before the finals and before all this drama, it was at like 36 or 35 percent. The year before it was at about 36 or 35 percent. So you know, this created a ton of negative press around ESPN and especially ESPN management for a studio show that, you know, doesn't really, I mean, uh, doesn't bring in the, the type of viewership that, you know, lives, the, the live games do. And it's, uh, uh, you know, I, I think that if uh, ESPN executives are taking a look at that, at this, you know, yeah, if, if they have to have a new host for games uh, six and seven, it's not going to help or hurt the uh the nba finals ratings you know one bit you mm. know the, the nba finals are going to get what the nba finals get and that's where espn's bread is butter yeah i saw someone tweet this out i'm not sure who it is so i apologize but they said it's really interesting there's all this to do about the studio show because at halftime you basically run a bunch of commercials and there's about 17 seconds of the studio show and i was like yeah you know that's kind of right like there's just not that much uh time and in you know, not to compare and get into politics and things like that, but I really like the NBA on TNT. And I think that is the gold standard. So when I watch any other studio show, I don't care if it's NHL or NBA or uh, NFL or anything else. That's really the gold standard that I hold everyone else to. And, you know, honestly, if I could watch that during the finals, I'd much prefer that to ESPN studio show, but that's just me. Yeah. Here's a problem with that is, is uh, TNT's uh, Inside the NBA is, you know, in my opinion, the best studio show uh, on, on on sports TV in in, in the history of sports. TV. Right. It's, uh, but uh, it's not a sports studio show. It's an entertainment show. Uh, it, 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 they do things that that ESPN could never do because ESPN is is a sports network. It's a and so it's a uh, like TNT. They caught lightning in a bottle. It's a great show. And and people have always tried to imitate it, but you can't imitate it as a as a sports pregame show. It's because, it, like I said, it's it's total it's total entertainment, and the interplay between like Charles and Shaq is. I mean, it, it's a uh, it, it, it's a fantastic show, but it, it it's a type of show you would never ever see on ESPN. All right, just a few more minutes. Uh, NHL they just broadcast their last game on NBC for the foreseeable future with the Stanley Cup. They're now moving to ESPN and TNT. ESPN has hired Mark Messier, who was on with me recently. TNT has hired Wayne Gretzky. Um, Hillary Knight was on with me recently. She was also hired by ESPN, which I was happy to see. I like where the NHL is going with their coverage, splitting it up between two networks. And I think some of the glory years of NHL TV ratings came when they were on ESPN. Would you agree? Uh yeah, I, I, I would I would agree. I, I I will say though, I think you know NBC. Uh, I thought did a credible job uh, throughout. Um, if you remember back in two thousand five, uh, you know, uh, the, and the NHL had nowhere to go. Right. Uh, they they ended up doing a deal with uh, the I, I forget whether they were called the Outdoor Life Network or OLN at the time. OLN, yeah. Uh, uh, they weren't even owned by NBC. They were owned by Comcast. NBC at that time was was owned by GE, uh, and and NBC uh, sort of uh, the broadcast network carried the Stanley Cup Finals and and um, 
a, a couple of uh, playoff games on on the broadcast network, and almost as a favor to Gary Bettman. You know, the, the, there there was no rights fee in, involved. The, the, the league was coming off of a, a awful lockout, and uh, you know they, they lost an entire season. And um, you know, NBC from that point really they ended up buying OLN. You know, or, or excuse me, Comcast ended up buying NBC. So I, the OLN and NBC was in the same family, and and NBC. They treated the, the the NHL very well. They they, they grew together. Uh, I, I thought. Um, um, uh, I think that uh, this is a step for the league and and for Gary Bettman to you know they've always wanted to be like the NBA, which is in TNT and and ESPN, and they wanted to be like the NFL, which has their programming across all networks. Like they they viewed they think that TNT. And EBS and ESPN can both market the NHL uh, in ways that a single entity like NBC, right. you know, can't. And and so this was always part of the plan for 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 the NHL. And I think that you're going to see. I mean, you saw TNT marketing it uh, during the NBA playoffs. Uh, you're going to. I think I've seen a couple on ESPN, a couple marketing things uh, as well. You're going to see some. You're going to see a lot of growth. I think in in the NHL. And I think you're going to see it because it is spread across a couple of different networks that are going to be trying to push that programming. John, we'll end with this. Speaking of upside and growth, I'm looking at the TV ratings for women's sports, whether it's the WNBA, the NWSL, college sports like the NCAA women's basketball tournament or the women's softball tournament. And I'm seeing big, big growth. Are we finally at a point where these networks are going to put women's sports in prime time positions and on, you know, ESPN one, not ESPN two, and where there's going to be some things beyond just streaming deals. Cause I I'm seeing good growth there. Uh, yeah, you're seeing good growth. It still is not nearly where, uh, you know, uh, NBA numbers are, NFL numbers are, you know, uh, numbers are. but I, I do think that, the, that you're going to see, increasingly more slots for say uh you know uh the college softball world series you know they they had their final uh, during the middle of the afternoon uh, i think that you'll see espn and the ncaa schedule that final for for prime time on 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 espn not espn too uh, i mean those are numbers that uh this year were, were bigger than the college baseball world series right um it's it, so you know it, it's significant um so they, they uh, women's sports were starting from a smaller uh, uh, point, uh, but the growth is unmistakable. Uh, I think the growth is real, and I and I think the runway, uh, the the opportunities for future growth, uh, are, are are much higher than than uh, for uh, male sports. I the, the, and I, I I feel like um, I more than feel I, I've talked to executives who are, are taking a look at different um, time slots where they can slot them, that, where they, they can draw in more, more viewers. And it's not just sort of throw, a throwaway programming sort of on an early, early afternoon on, on a weekend or a Sunday. You know, I think you, can, you will see a lot more of this in prime time. And, uh, and uh, you know, the, the, I think you're going to see uh, ratings continue to grow as more people sample them and, and they end up uh, – more stars start emerging from uh, from a lot of these sports. 
John Oren, the terrific sports media reporter for the Sports Business Journal. Read him there. A must follow on Twitter at O-U-R-A-N-D underscore S-B-J. John, thanks so much. I always enjoy our conversations and we'll catch up with you soon. Brian, I always enjoy this. Thanks, man. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. And thanks to our partner, Molka Sports, for powering Sports Business Radio. Learn more about them online at molkasports.com. That's M-A-L-K-A sports.com. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. This and every SBR podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and your favorite listening app. Follow Sports Business Radio on Facebook, Twitter at SB Radio, Instagram at Sports Business Radio, and online at sportsbusinessradio.com. Sports Business Radio is produced by Brian Griggs and Griggs Productions, griggsproductions.com.